Isaiah chapter 42, and also Matthew's Gospel chapter 12. We read Isaiah 42, and also the same words in the book of Matthew. And it's interesting, as you know, I'm not a scholar, but I've brought scholars around me over the years, and I've asked the question, well, how can we have the exact same wording in Isaiah chapter 42 as we have in Matthew chapter 12? And it's interesting because Isaiah 42 is from the original Hebrew, and Matthew chapter 12 is from the original Greek. Two different root systems as far as these two languages are concerned. I've taken enough of the Hebrew Greek to know that much. It's interesting how these scholars would say it's because Christ was a part of the wording of Scripture. It goes beyond the roots of languages. And because of the truth and the singleness of truth and the reality of God's presence upon us and giving us truth to help us to live eternally, these words are identical in root as far as the Hebrew and the Greek is concerned. So this morning as we think of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ who is risen indeed, in Isaiah chapter 42 and Matthew chapter 12, we have Jesus Christ introduced to us as the servant. Notice God's words to us as he compliments his servant. Here is my servant whom I have chosen. All of the supernatural strength of God's choosing us, choosing His Son in particular, how perfect that is, how all-encompassing that is, and how enduring that is, and how relational that is, how abundant that is. Here we have the will of God choosing His Son to be our Savior and our Lord. And here in this chapter, of course, he introduces him to us as servant, as he's chosen Christ to be a servant in his ministry amongst us. Notice, the one I love, God's love is all-encompassing. When God created the universe, he said it's good. He loves what he creates. He loves his Son who was born of a virgin, even in conception by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was a person in conception. And that was a perfect conception. And also during the pregnancy, Christ remained perfect as servant. Did not become polluted because it was a fallen mother. The all-encompassing love of the Lord or God concerning His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only does He love Him, but He delights in Him. Husbands, this morning, did you express to your wives on Easter Sunday you delight in her as a person? Well, I saw some heads nod. Hey, that's exciting. But just think of the supernatural Almighty delight of God. Delights in His creation. Delights in His Son. Total, unconditional acceptance. 
And as we think of the ministry of Christ amongst us as the risen one, we see him as servant this morning. In Matthew chapter 12, if that's your place, or Isaiah chapter 42. Let's look at servant this morning for a few moments. What's the definition of the word servant? A person devoted to a person or a cause. A servant is one who is devoted to a person or cause. And we have some good examples of that, of course. We have Mother Teresa, who literally for years, in a broken way, helped the poor of India. So strong and effective was her ministry that she became one of the speakers at one of the prayer breakfasts in Washington, D.C. a few years ago. And she was able to say to the prayer warriors in Washington, D.C., I'm a person who believes in life. I do not support abortion. Because, as she said, and she said subsequently in her writings, as I've already mentioned, Christ in his conception was perfect. A person took upon himself our human flesh. So as servant, he became a man to dwell amongst us. We've also Abraham Lincoln. It's interesting reading his prayers. I think I read his prayers about 25 years ago. The book is still packed in our belongings in Tacoa, Georgia, at least some of them. How he prayed for the Civil War to cease in this country. Recognizing himself as president, as he prayed, there would be those who were for him and those who were against him. In spite of his assassination, we recognize him as servant. Paid the price. Civil war stopped. We have First Alliance Church. We have lots of servants around here as I prayed a few minutes ago in pastoral prayer. People in our past sacrificed, put on their houses mortgages to provide for this wonderful facility. Servants. Persons devoted to a cause. Jesus as servant, beloved, loved, delighted, came to expose to us the reality of God's love and God's purposes, the reality of His love, the reality of His truth, to enable us to know our sin and to receive Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior, to be set free, to have a sense of why we're here and where we're going and how Christ was servant to us, and through the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, as we are nurtured in our faith, we can become servants as well. Let's take a closer look this morning at these verses in Matthew 12 or Isaiah chapter 42. As we notice, point number one, his first truth, a global ministry Proclaim justice to the nations. In Christ's darkest hour, while He was dying on the cross for us, dying perfectly, I might add, 
recognizing blood flowing down his legs, water, did not raise his voice, was obedient as servant to God and to us. Global impact. The Roman centurion declared that he was the son of God. As servant, Jesus would declare ministry, declare value, and declare truth to the nations. It's interesting, some of our travels, we've been to China a couple times, and the underground church and the significance of that underground church, the population of the United States of America is about 320,000. 320 million. The Church of Jesus Christ in China is over 700 million. The servant, enabled by the Spirit, has a global impact. Evidence, of course, is mentioned. His work upon the cross and being a servant, and the Roman centurion responded accordingly. But notice his character. He is not quarrelsome or will cry out. And while he was causing the blind to see in John chapter 10, they called him a demon-possessed, raving madman, and yet a servant, servant of the Most High God. The reality of God's presence with him, who God delights in him and loves him and chosen him, the blind were able to see, and he had strength as servant to endure these accusations by his own kind. Also in character, he had tremendous strength as servant. A bruised reed will not break. Extreme sorrow, broken by the weight of sin. And yet as servant, he was able to see to the thief that was on the cross with him, with me, you'll be in paradise. Now this morning as we think of some of these words from Isaiah 42 or Matthew chapter 12, tremendous hurt, tremendous rejection, tremendous struggle. But look at Jesus. The result of his ministry. We struggle in life, don't we? People go through divorce and the failure of that. Not being able to get a, the right house that we want to purchase. Like my two grandkids in eastern Pennsylvania who've been bullied this last number of weeks and months. We saw some of that bullying take place in Massachusetts this past weekend. A child took her life. Loss of a job. Always being put down as it relates to our respective ministries and maybe even our characters. As Jesus was servant, taking all of this abuse as servant, He did it right. And the Spirit of God will create Jesus within us that we can live right. And that we can see the significance of being a servant to those around us and the world which we are a part of. 
going back to China for a minute, uh, saw all kinds of people that really valued their lives before Christ as cheaper than a penny. When I taught at the CC Seminary in Guangzhou, looked at the back of their eyes as I was teaching, knowing full well as these kids were to graduate from seminary, possibly they would lose their lives. Servants of the Most High God. God would protect them. We're still in contact with some of these students. And the reality is true. The servant Christ was tested and true. And God nurtured him. and became perfect and remained perfect in terms of the realities of life. Became perfect. It takes time for us to recognize just how perfect he really is in position forever, past, present, and future. But for us to honor that, that he becomes perfect to us by the power of the Spirit. Second truth. Verses 3 and 4, verse 20. A global result. The nations will have hope. His truth will not be snuffed out. The servant. Think of it for a moment. The servant. When we think of the resurrection, think of it now. Who did Jesus come to see? Who did Christ honor first upon his resurrection? was Mary Magdalene, person of seven devils. How Christ delivered her and gave her self-esteem as the servant trusted Mary. Go after my friends. Go after the disciples. But Christ as servant honored this person. As he thinks of us as sinful creatures, Lost and undone. Determined to be disobedient. Determined to put off our need to receive Christ as personal Lord and Savior. Comes to us in the Holy Spirit. Loving us first. Helping us to sense our need to receive Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. All there are times we strike out at Him. Either before our conversion or after our conversion. But as Jesus did not cry out or shout, that still small voice nurtures us as servant, helping us to see the reality of His grace and how much we need salvation. Notice how the servant trusted Mary Magdalene and how he too will trust us. As the servant, not too long after the resurrection, we have the scene in John chapter 20 where there was concern about Thomas, the doubting Thomas. I'm sure some of us doubt as well. The servant allowed Thomas to touch him. And he was restored. And also, the, this, as a servant, uh, really getting to some of the issues as far as Peter's life is concerned. He said to Peter three times in that chapter, Do you love me? Do you love me? You love me. Because we know so well when Peter was walking with the Master, he denied him. Swore about him. Was impulsive. 
really couldn't trust Peter very much because even in a sword, he missed the guy's head and took off his ear, you know. I mean, but the servant trusted Peter, had the truth to restore him and to equip him, enabling him to give the first message in Acts chapter 2, which a powerful sermon, giving the history of God and redemption. Why Jesus came, the resurrection, and all of these things. God used Peter through his servant, the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to quieten his soul to the point that Peter ate unclean food. But as a means of nurturing Peter to have ministry with Cornelius, the African. And on the mistress goes, even to us here First Erie Church this morning. Christ the servant. So we can trust him in how we abused him. We can also trust him in how he nurtures us by the power of the Holy Spirit to have an effective ministry, a continued effective witness as a church. I don't know how many of us are here this morning. I don't have a clue. Probably 500, maybe more. I don't know. It really doesn't matter. Numbers don't mean that much to me. It's the heart, the people. But wouldn't it be nice as servants, learning from the servant by the power of the Spirit, that we could see 500 more people part of this service in the future? Servanthood enables us to trust. Servanthood enables us to recognize, oh, God's away up here, yet He's very intimate. He lives closer to us than a brother. That's the servant of Jesus, created in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. The resurrected one is the servant. He abides with us. He nurtures us. He calls us His own. He paid the price. The servant. That intimate truth. Supporting a cause. Supporting a mission. Loving God and serving God with all of His heart. To bring us hope, not only as far as Erie PA is concerned, but across the world. The servant. The one who has been raised from the dead on our behalf to give us hope and the assurance of everlasting life. What hope do we have? We can find it in the scripture as we turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And I would like you to turn to that. If you didn't bring your Bibles this morning, there's a pew Bible just ahead of you. I would like as many of you as possible to turn to that as I read these verses to you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 through 23. I pray. This is Paul speaking. Before Paul became a believer and a follower of Christ, what did he do? Persecuted the church. Said of Christ was no value. Only the scribes and Pharisees and Roman culture is sufficient. Persecuted the church. Notice the heart change, the servant heart change of the Apostle Paul. Pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which 
He has called you. The riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of His mighty strength which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His own right hand in heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but in the age to come. Let's just stop here for a second. When Christ died, according to Matthew's Gospel 27, what happened when Christ died? There was an earthquake. And some holy people were raised from their graves. Now these holy people are not here anymore. They've long since died. But the Holy Spirit, a servant through Christ, enabled these holy ones, tasted and seen of heaven, to be able to come back and live amongst us and be satisfied with the circumstances. Lazarus is another. Christ raised Lazarus from the dead as servant, showing his life strength over death. Blessed be God, servant. It's interesting when you look at this whole death scene and people coming back to life like these holy ones and Lazarus. As God as servant leading Christ in the Old Testament got pretty hot in the scene. Fiery furnace. But it was also able to enable Elijah to be taken. And as he was going up to heaven, he was transfigured. The same with Enoch. And that's the great hope that we have. Servant. Enormous strength. Changed Paul. Changed us. Because of the resurrected one. The one who paid the price. Knew how to live in hush. Would bring us peace and goodwill. And God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be head over everything for the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. Now, we can talk about individuals, and indeed it's good to do that. But the church, us, someday we're going to reign with Him. We're His bride. And as servant, He nurtures us by the Spirit that we can become all that He wants us to be, to become effective unto all good works. And as a result of that, we reign someday. Every king, every queen, every prime minister becomes amenable to the church. So it's critical this morning we remind ourselves of how significant it is for us to be servants of the Most High God. To be united. See, the sufficiency of Christ, the servant, the resurrected one. And as a result of that, we are a supernatural person. Everything around us is temporal. But the realities of God's grace in Christ, the servant, enables us to model and rehearse eternal relationships. And someday, 
we reign with Him. Amen? The risen one. He's arisen. Oh my goodness sakes. Boy, you, you failed this morning. No, I'm just having fun with you. I'm supposed to be like Christ and not raise my voice. You know, and all that good stuff. Let's stand, shall we? Let's do it. He is risen. One more time. He is risen. <laughs> Cause deafness in my ear, this guy. <laughs> Let's pray, shall we? Grant to us, O God, clarity of your throne room, but also the Son of Man who is King of kings and Lord of lords, servant to us by the Spirit. Help us to be servants of each other because of the modeling influence, the teaching ministry of the Spirit. May our church, our families, serve you as servants and accomplish in vivid color the resurrected one. Grant to us peace of mind and of heart. We submit ourselves to you in Jesus' name.